listening to Creative and Curious, a weekly podcast made for creative seekers who are compelled to let your inner artist reign free. Here we explore the mystery of how creating makes us better humans and artists. I'm Marika, and welcome to today's Discoveries. motivated lately. I feel like it started maybe like a couple of weeks ago. I just have not had the energy to do much. And, and I know it's related to a lot of different things and it's, it's getting in the way of me being productive. It's getting in the way of me even wanting to do this, this episode. It's even getting in the way of me even thinking clearly in a day, this pandemic, this profound time that we're working through is so hard to process. It's so hard to process. And there's a few things that has ha- have happened in my life where the, mo- the motivation has sort of declined. First thing is my son in particular. We're finally done with school, but I would say the last three weeks of school, maybe four, he really lost his motivation. And of course, this is related to it's summertime. It's almost summer. School's almost out. He's been having to do this online. He he's usually plays lots and lots of sports and all of that stuff has been taken away from him. And he had been sitting inside working on this online program, doing his Zoom meetings all day, pretty monotonous stuff and um, pretty repetitive, really. And then I think after a while, it just got to him. He, he got bored and it's not stimulating and it's not interesting. It's very academic and he's dyslexic. And the result of that was he started to not do his work. He started to get, um, to lie about what he was doing. He started to listen to music and just basically sit around all day and then forget that he had to do specific things in the day for school. I mean, and school is the only thing he has to do and he's forgetting what he has to do. The motivation is just completely not there. And then as a mom, watching your son develop a lying habit, develop a habit of not quite telling the truth, like hiding the fact that he's not doing his work, all that stuff. Is, um, that that honesty is so important to me in my relationships with people and especially my kids. And so really starting to worry. I've, I've been really starting to worry about our relationship because of it. And yet here we are in this most profound and difficult time and a time in which um, who knows, like how, who has the parenting book on how to parent during a pandemic when everybody is pretty much out of their minds and we have had so much taken away from us. I don't really know what the right answer is. I don't know if it's to be completely compassionate I don't, and understanding and let him kind of choose his, choose his own adventure or do I really want to, you know, enforce this ideal of like grit and just, you know, yes, it sucks, but you got to do it and it's going to pay off in the long run. Sometimes we do things that we don't like. I choose, I choose the latter. I, I definitely am trying to instill a sense of perseverance, you know, like this is hard and having your sports taken away and basically not being able to 
you know, have the freedom that you had with your friends before all that stuff, that also totally sucks, but we can still do a good job in what we, what we can do. We can focus on what we can do, but it's been a battle, man. I've, I've really, I've literally battled with my son over this, um, for the last three weeks. We're kind of seem to be, have gotten to an agreement at least temporarily in terms of what I, what he understands I expect from him and kind of, um, compromise for what he wants to get out of the day too. Right now we're okay, but it always feels like, oh my God, you know, everything's okay. And then the next week it just, it blows up again. So we'll see. But I think also, and so that's a piece of it, watching my son sort of lose all his motivation. And then, and then part of that too, was also seeing his teacher lose motivation. And so to kind of compound the fact that we were we were having this lack of motivation happening because the online and all this stuff, she was really difficult to deal with too. And, and it was hard to get a straight answer out of her. And, um, and I finally realized like, she's in the same boat. She wants this to be over. Everybody wants this to be over. I totally get it. I want this to be over too, for sure. I want it to be over. I have no control. It's not over. And again, I'm just going to do the best that I can given what I've got. So that started to suck my motivation. The second, the second thing that really kind of pulled my motivation away was realizing too, Hey, guess what? We're at the end of the school year and my kids don't have any camp and they don't have any sports and they don't have anything that they're going to do. They can go out more. They can have some, some interaction, social interaction with other friends, which is great, uh, limited. And we need to be cautious. Uh, Seattle is in moving into a phase two situation. Cases are on the rise across the state, including in my County. It's not as bad as other counties, but it's, we, we need to be cautious as we're opening up. So the kids are, there's very little structure in their day, very little structure and structure is motivating. I mean, I've talked about this in some of my other podcasts. I've talked about the art ritual, having a ritual that you do that kind of, you know, imbues your, your practice with a sense of meaning and you're bringing in all these symbols and, and actions in order to create that sense of meaning in a, in a ritual. Um, that's a structure. That's a structure that you're putting around your creative practice in order to motivate you. Right. And now what has happened is all these structures that I put onto my family, onto my kids in order to keep them kind of exploring the world and learning and that kind of stuff are gone. They're just gone. And holy moly, what am I going to do? I, I want to stop for a second too. And a friend of mine said to me on the phone, she said, cause I was explaining kind of what was happening in our house and, and how that, that piece of it was pulling me back into this role of mom more than I'm used to, more than I have been used to for the last few years. Um, especially, I mean, I wouldn't even say last few years, last few months, I was wrapping my mind around the fact that I, my mom role is very secondary. The kids seem to be, you know, on their paths and stuff, and I can just be around in case they need me, but they don't need me around. And yet then suddenly, like here we are hitting at the end of this, uh, this, this year and my son's starting to, to dive and I, I've got to get all in. Right. So my focus has really moved away from all this creativity stuff, all this painting, 
writing. I mean, I'm doing what I can, but my focus is really, really on my family. And it has always been my number one thing. It's, and it's always been needs-based. It's like, you know, I could really hone in on the creativity when my kids were doing better. But now that I'm seeing them sort of flail around going, oh my God, where's the structure? Where's the meaning? I got to be mom, you know? And anyway, back to my friend, my friend had said to me, you know, I think the more privilege, privilege that you have, the more you have to lose in this pandemic, you know, pointing at the fact that we're a pretty, we have a privileged life. And I'm, I, I don't find it offensive to talk about the privilege that we have. We are white. We are upper middle class. You know, we get to enjoy a lot of the things that a lot of other people don't get to enjoy. Both my kids are in private school. I mean, we go on vacations, like we have a nice little life. I get it. And so we lost some things in this pandemic, but I don't think it correlates to, I don't think that's right. Actually. I don't think it correlates to privilege all the way. I think the big thing is if you have kids, if you have kids, this has been like whiplash. <laughs> this is like, that's the perfect analogy. It is like whiplash if you have kids. And if you have the less privilege that you have with those kids, the probably the more severe it is. I'm thinking about the people who put their kids in public school who needed the free lunches um, from public school and suddenly those were taken away and then they didn't even have anything to give their kids to eat, right? And they have probably have to work and they probably, maybe they're an essential worker. They're, you know, at a grocery store or their delivery. They don't have any childcare. And what do they do with their kids when, and now, you know, Seattle public schools just basically for a while looked like they weren't even going to do school. And so now your kids are out of education. At least my kids transitioned within, you know, four or five days into an online platform. So they didn't miss the academics. They didn't miss the connection to school. They just missed the physical part of it. And I, so I think the big disconnect, the big, the big difference between that friend who's saying, oh, you're privileged, you're losing a lot. It's not the privilege. It's the fact that I have kids. I personally, I don't think I've lost a lot. I mean, I, again, and I, and I lay it out amongst the other people in the universe. I had this great little business. I was running my own workshops. I was doing these things. It was really nice and, and lovely. And it was extra. It was just extra. And it was a lovely extra. I would love to have it back, but it was extra. And when it went away, it didn't hurt. That's, you know, it, it, it can go away for a while. It's fine. I'm really okay with that. I mean, I, I think maybe mentally I miss like the, there's a part of me that, that really loves teaching a class. And I miss the social interaction of meeting new people from all over the world and that kind of thing. But it's okay. I'm okay. Like, I, I really don't think there's anything to complain about in, in our house. However, when it starts hitting my kids, I'm going to complain. <laughs> and, and when it starts hitting my kids, I am going to switch gears and seriously switching gears. So watching these kids lose their motivation. I mean, my daughter has survived a little bit better. There has been lots and lots of tears and, but she seemed to kind of hit a stride and just could finish it out. But she also doesn't seem to want to do that much in a day. Um, she used to climb three hours, three hours a day, three days a week. And now she's not, she's definitely not as in the physical shape she was before. I mean, we try, we try to find, we try to find the good in what we can do. We try to like bond as a family, 
but it's also hard to watch these things that were really grounding and in, in for these kids disappear and they need structure. Everybody needs structure. Like w- there's a discipline to creating a structure. And I, again, I've talked about this in, in the habits episode too, that when you create a habit, habits are about creating structure too. Like my mornings, for example, are really, are really regimented. Even after, even, even after this pandemic, I am waking up whenever I wake up, which is early. You guys would probably, it would probably freak you out how early I wake up. I wake up pretty early. I journal, I meditate. If I have time after I do those things, because sometimes I wake up that early, I will either paint or I'll read or say I have breakfast in there. I'm drinking my coffee. When my husband wakes up, um, we take the dog for a walk. And then as soon as we take the dog for a walk, I'm outside and I'm working out under our deck, underneath our deck. But there's a sequence to that. And, and I get all the things that I know I need to get done in a day that will help me shape my day in a very, in a very regimented habit, um, blocking habit. So one moves to the next, to the next, to the next. And if you can create that kind of rhythm in a day, you can actually get quite a bit done. So I get a lot of my core things done in my mornings because I block things off. And it's interesting when you know that you can see the difference, right? You can see the difference when the habit blocking goes away and you have this sort of free time. It feels a little like you're floating, like, what am I going to do now? And it takes discipline to kind of start to put some kind of structure and grid on that free open time. It's just psychology. It's there's something very human about it. And so I watch my kids with this, their structure is gone and they're floating around, like not doing anything. And, and I had deliberately built up parts of their life so that there would be structure so that they could grow and explore and learn. Gone. Now it's gone. So mom has to create structure. I'm not the best at it too. I'm pretty good at habits. I'm not a complete planner. I've been around people who plan a lot and they actually stress me out. I like to have, you know, down days. I like to have up days. Uh, When we went for a hike today, for example, and, and we'll go for a bike ride tomorrow, but then I'll give the kids a chance to just like do nothing for a day. And it's hard to kind of plan sometimes around around the energy that you might feel if you, because if you're too high energy, you just get worn out, right? So I've been thinking a lot about motivation and I've been thinking a lot about how to keep, how to keep myself motivated because the other thing that I'm noticing is as my focus shifts into this problem, of course, my focus shifts away from creativity and my focus has also shifted significantly towards this, the Black Lives Matter movement in terms of one of the episodes I did a couple of weeks ago was just sort of some stories of my history of being white and running into racism, my own racism and anti-racism. And I've just been reflecting a lot too on, on that work and maybe, and the work that I haven't been doing lately because I didn't have to, I don't have to, that's a privilege of being white. You just don't have to do the work all the time. Sometimes, you know, and then there's guilt around that, blah, blah, blah. There's all this stuff. So it is what it is. The point being spending a lot of energy in my mental space, working on my kids and thinking about race in America and protests and, and viruses. Oh my God. Like, could there be, I mean, it's just, it's overwhelming. (laughs) It's an overwhelming problem. Um, the, the compounding problems of everything this right now, uh, no wonder 
I might not be having the energy to do the things that I want to do right now. No wonder if you're feeling that way. I mean, this is unprecedented. This is profound. We are a nation changing significantly and in ways that we're not even going to know for like for a while, at least a year, if not longer. I mean, the, the, the impact of just what's happened in the last three or four months is like, it's, it's huge. I am, I have, I don't exactly know what's going to happen, but I definitely know that this is huge. I don't know. Being an adult in the middle of it is difficult. It's, it's incredibly hard to just be an adult, to make adult decisions, to make rational decisions, to make, to make decisions that are not completely emotional. I find myself way more edgy than, uh, than I've ever been or than I've been since maybe like since I was a teenager, since my hormones were just like kicked up, right? Like now it's not even a hormonal, maybe it's just this environmental, like unknown quality of the universe that's surrounding me. Good stuff. It's a, it's a crazy time for growth, crazy time for growth. I'm talking to my kids about that today. It's not fun. There's a lot of stuff going on, but we are all learning so much. If we are Even if you're paying attention a little bit, we're learning so much. This is what I can figure out about motivation though, so far. Number one, I would say, relax. It's okay. It's totally okay to not be motivated sometimes. It is absolutely 100% normal to not have energy, to not want to do anything. Give me a break. In a time like this, of course it's okay. Like the worst thing, and this is what I do, the worst thing that you can do is beat yourself up about it because you're just going to demotivate yourself out of it, right? Like who likes being yelled at when you're down, essentially? I mean, if you think of a coach who's ever made you feel worse because you missed the free free throw shot, I've had that. It wasn't a coach. It was a teammate who made me feel bad because, I mean, who literally like berated me because I missed a free throw. Don't be that coach to yourself. Don't be the one who's like, oh, I can't believe you did that. You didn't do the things that you said you were going to do. Like if there's ever a time to get back centered to being kind to yourself and whatever decisions you're making right now, it's now. Be kind to yourself. Berating is not going to motivate. And it's not going to help your relationships with other people either. That's the other thing. Like, I mean, we, again, this is such a difficult, strange, weird time and there's so much going on and it's so easy to point your fingers at other people and go, what the hell are they thinking? Why are they doing that? That doesn't make any sense. And that's not helping either. I mean, I have those thoughts for sure. But again, just, I think the the main focus is to just bring it to yourself, be kind to yourself. And if you can possibly bring it to the people around you and just be kind to them, like, I, I mean, Sometimes, you know, we got to see a friend because it's going to make us feel good. And it's, it might, maybe it's a little dangerous, but it's, it's worth it. So, so that number one, being kind to yourself. Number two, humor, totally laugh. Oh my God, please laugh. This is a hard one because I feel like when I'm feeling demotivated, it's in part depression. It's also this kind of slow acknowledgement that things are going to shift a little bit, that, that maybe what I thought I was going to be accomplishing is not going to be it. And maybe the world that I thought I was going to be entering, there's this morning that it's not going to be that world, but humor, what makes you laugh? I mean, if you have friends that make you laugh, talk to your friends. 
And it may feel like humor is a luxury. It may feel like laughing is a luxury, but it is, it is a charge. It is, it is bringing the energy back. And I got to say this because I feel like I lost that for a bit. I wasn't laughing. I didn't think anything was funny. I was just thinking about all this stuff. And just now my friend gave me a birthday present that made me laugh and laugh and laugh. And I have this amazing energy from that. So humor is important. And of course, those friends, you know, that that can make you feel that way. I mean, if you have those friends that you can call up and all you do is laugh, like because you hear their voice, you know, you just start laughing because you love them. Then those are all wonderful, motivating things to do. Be kind to yourself. Find the laughter. Find the humor, find the friends. Absolutely. Those things are like kind of fundamental, like they're like the foundation of your motivation. I feel like if they're not there, it's really difficult to, uh, to move forward. I like, I like to listen to Trevor Noah, uh, the daily show when I'm working out, he's funny. He makes me laugh. Our politics are totally, I don't think I ever disagree with him. And, uh, and then he makes me laugh because politics again, right now, that's just something that can take me down the wrong road, but I need that other, that little extra, like, and let, let's talk about how absurd this all really is and the laughter again. So it doesn't have to be in your friend to find that whoever makes you laugh. It's good medicine. It's a good foundation. There are two different kinds of motivation. There's intrinsic motivation and there's extrinsic motivation. So intrinsic is entirely self-generated motivation. It is, it is you do things because you feel like they are good for you, right? And you're not doing them to please anybody else. You're not doing them because other people are telling you anything. You are doing it because, because of you. I personally have built these habits on top of each other um, to really enforce this intrinsic motivation piece. I know I want to journal. I know I want to meditate. I know I want to work out. And if I stack those next to each other, I keep that motivation going and I align myself to my values in that way. It feels good. I want to work out because I want to be healthy. I want to be able to, you know, hike with my kids and kayak with them and climb and do all sorts of fun stuff well into my old age. It's all about maintenance. It's all about making sure that I got a firm foundation so I can get out there and do those things. Meditation just makes me a much more calm and centered person on the planet. And so I commit myself to those things. Some of this intrinsic motivation comes from reflection. It comes from just, you know, stepping back and doing that journaling or just thinking about who you want to be, what your values are, and, and then just starting to just lay out a framework for how you're going to move in that direction. So I think my problem now, it's not, it's not my motivation necessarily. It's, it's my kids motivation that I'm worried about. And so one of the things that I'm looking at in them is where is the intrinsic motivation? Like what are they actually motivated to do? And my daughter will do art projects, um, all sorts of, she paints a desk, she does some digital art. There's some things that she likes to do that are very creative based and she's motivated to do that. They're just coming from inside. Nobody's telling her to do that. My son loves video games. I'm, and maybe that's, if you have kids, you're not surprised about that. Uh, he loves strategy. He loves board games. He loves anything that has to do with 
trying to win. He loves team sports, but he's very intrinsically motivated to do those things. And it's all around the strategy. It's not necessarily like around the physicality of it as it is around the mental work of trying to figure out how to win a game. You know, I can see that they've built some structure around motivation. And I'm trying to, as a mother, like recognize that that's a good sign. Like they've got some stuff that they're passionate about and they are following. Even if I don't love video games, I don't love video games. So you've got the intrinsic, which is coming from yourself and you're just doing it because it makes you feel good and you believe in it. And, you know, and then you have extrinsic motivation, which means that the environment or something around you is creating the motivation in order to do something. So reward systems, you know, like an allowance, if you do stuff, having a schedule again, like how I stack my habits, those things are all extrinsic structures around you that create motivation that move you from one task to the next and a little small step forward towards your goals. Having reward systems attached to goals are extrinsic motivation and goals can be intrinsic too. Like I had a 10 pull up goal, this pandemic, and it was completely just a goal that I wanted to achieve to prove that I could do it. So my kids have some, some of both, a little bit of both. The problem has been that a lot of that extrinsic motivation has gone away. And that's really what has, the pandemic has taken away from our kids. It's taken away from people sometimes the only person who can help them with that right now is me. So I'm trying to build different expectation points for them. Like we went for a hike today. I let them know yesterday that they were going for a hike. We've talked about it enough that they know they can't argue with me because they know they're not going to do anything anyways. (laughs) So they're going for a hike with me. We're going for a bike ride tomorrow. Um, I'm setting up expectations far enough in advance with them so that there's not a lot of pushback. I'm going to continue to do that. It, it requires a lot of energy too, because now I'm camp counselor as well. And I think part of my motivation was sort of dipping when I started to realize like, Oh, I'm going to have to switch my own gears. I'm going to have to move away from like hiding in my studio all day, doing all these different things to, being in the living room and checking out what my kids are talking about and what are they doing on Instagram and what is my son listening to and trying to um, move them into moving, getting out of the house into, into getting curious about the world in different ways. My main thing is I want them moving. If they, if they've moved, if they've hiked, if they've biked, if they've done something like that, I feel like that piece is going to infect a lot of other things. And I have a bias around movement, but I also know moving is good for your mood Moving is good for the way that you think. It's good for sleeping. It's good for emotions. I mean, it's it's good for so many things that and and kids are naturally movers. It's sort of disturbing to watch your kids like get all everything moved pulled away and suddenly they're not moving. And and knowing what I know, which is that that's not healthy. Uh, not just physically, it's not healthy mentally. I think really understanding that there are things on this world worth loving. My daughter loves the art projects. My son loves the video games. I want that expanded, right? I want them to be loving the adventure, loving going outside, loving nature, 
remembering that we live in a family and we love each other in this family, finding the root cause of love, where it is, where it exists, and how that relates to the world. Not forgetting that just because we're in this pandemic, just because there's protests, just because it feels like there's all this um, chaos in the world, there is still a lot of love. There's tons of love. Staying rooted and connected to that love is incredibly motivating. And that can be, I'm, I'm sitting here and thinking like, is that intrinsic? Absolutely. That's inside, right? Like that's your feeling. It's coming from here, but it can also be external. And that's that mother relationship that I have with my kids. My love can motivate them. And as long as they are within its range, as long as I'm around to give it to them, as long as I'm actively pursuing them with my love, I can't be in the studio all day. And that's okay. That's okay. Because my greatest creative acts have been having these kids 100%. And even though I believed at one time, not, not very long before this pandemic, that they didn't need me and I could move on and start to shape my, my new world with older kids who are on their little path and the world was taking over them. They need me now. These kids this summer is not the summer that I thought it was going to be, but it's going to be an awesome summer. I'm going to tell you, we are going to have so much fun and so much adventures, socially distanced from whatever friends we trust and love to have around us during this very special and profound time. There's a lot that we can do in this space and that's what we're going to do. Those are my two cents. I hope if you have been feeling demotivated, some of this, some of this, some of this helps you pull some of the pieces back. Remember, it doesn't have to. You just be kind to yourself. If you don't feel like doing it, just, just do what you need to do. You know, take care of yourself. It'll come. It'll come. spending this time with me and for spreading the word about creative and curious. You can find me here every Thursday with new thoughts and insights on creativity, curiosity, and life. Tell me what you think. Please email me your comments and questions at marika at marikarenke.com. And if you feel inclined, leave a review. They really do mean the world to me and they'll help this podcast reach people just like you. And the best thing that you can do Keep creating. Thanks again.